Oh, good sound. Um, good evening, guys. Welcome to the next episode of the After Hours Lounge. Uh, I'm your host, Sandy. Now, um, the next, next, you know, for the for the next while, um, the episodes are going to be a little bit different due to the fact that we are all currently on lockdown. Um, I'm sure this fact has, won't escape any of you. Um, but just to give you guys a bit of an update um, about the podcast moving forwards and things, um, I am going to still be uh, carrying on with it. Actually, um, well, unfortunately, due to due to this, um, in terms of in terms of work, I'm I'm a lot quieter now. But I guess a positive of that means I can now put a lot more time into um, putting out more episodes of the podcast. Um, now, this is the first one I have recorded remotely. Um, it was with my good friend uh, Ollie Townsend. Uh, I've known him for years. We windsurfed together for years, taught windsurfing, things like that. And he is now just finishing his um, his master's degree uh, in climate change at Brighton University. So it was really interesting to have a chat to him um, about all that kind of stuff. In terms of mental health, I mean, we touched on it, talked about it a little bit, um, you know, specifically with what's going on, uh, you know, in the world at the moment with COVID-19. Um, but actually, you know, I kind of just let Ollie keep talking about climate change because I, I just think it's so fascinating um, and it's a really interesting subject to talk about. Um, I will apologise if um, the audio isn't that great. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a bit of a trial run. Um, but actually, you, have, you know, listening to it back, um, it does sound it does sound really good. Um, so I do hope that you guys enjoy. Um, and please let me know any feedback, any of your thoughts on it. Uh, while I'm while I'm on this on the subject um, as well. Um, those of you that did listen to the last episode with my friend Alex Bruce, he runs a company called Turtle Straws, um, and we are very lucky to have Turtle Straws sponsoring the podcast. Um, so those of you that haven't listened to it or don't know who Alex Bruce is, don't know what Turtle Straws is, Turtle Straws are a company, they make sustainable drinking straws uh, made out of straw. Um, so they're not, not made of paper, not made of this kind of fake plastic that you see everywhere. Uh, they are literally made of a natural product, straw. Um, so he makes them. He also makes kind of straw hats. Uh, like beach hats for you to wear, and then also um, sustainable uh, drinking bottles as well. Uh, so check them out, um, turtlestraws.co.uk or turtle.straws on Instagram. Um, you know, for sort of 48 hours after I upload a podcast episode, um, the prices on Amazon will be reduced. Uh, you can find uh, the links to it um, in the when I put up a post on social media about this on at the After Hours Lounge. Um, yeah, I've also created an Instagram account for... Uh, the podcast as well at the After Hours Lounge. So if you guys want to kind of keep up to date with what what I'm up to, potential episodes I'm doing, uh, you know the guests, and I'll be posting outtakes and funny pictures of the guests I have on things like that. Um, so if you guys want to follow that, that would be very much appreciated as well. But yeah, check out Turtle Straws. I'm really really stoked to have them sponsoring the podcast. Um, great company, great message, and I think the guys over there are doing really really good things for our planet. Which leads us nicely into, as I said. This conversation with my friend Ollie Townsend, Mr. Climate Change, um, a really fascinating conversation. As I said, not as much mental health as, as you know, has been talked about in other ones, but I think it's more than made up for by um, all the chat about climate change, which is a really, really interesting issue and a really serious topic facing uh, humanity today. Uh, do please enjoy, guys. And As I said, any feedback is much appreciated. Uh, thank you and enjoy. Uh, good Evening, everybody. Uh, this is the next episode of the After Hours Lounge, and this is a bit of a different one for me. Um, we are taking it remote, just like the rest of the world, uh, as we adapt to our, our new lives, sitting in our houses behind screens. Um, but luckily, I guess we are blessed because we have those screens. So in front of me, I'm looking at the beautiful sight of my good friend, Mr. Oliver Townsend. Ollie, how are you, mate? I'm fantastic. And yourself? Uh, yes, I'm not bad. And uh, yeah, we're... Coming to you live from Brighton. Um, yeah. So yeah, how how are you, mate? How how are you coping with life life stuck inside? I'm very good. These are historical times we're living in, aren't they? It's a very interesting time. Um, but I'm kind of in some ways, although it's obviously a bit of a global catastrophe. It's kind of it's a kind of holiday at the, in, in some ways, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's a bit of a time for reflection. <laughs> well, it is. You know, there's a lot of stuff on on social media and a lot of things everywhere at the moment, isn't there? About you know, oh, you use this time to um, you know learn a new skill or catch up on what you've been meaning to do and all these books and and all this stuff. And, and if anyone listened to my last podcast, um, you'll you'll have listened to to that one. And I kind of talked about that and how, mate, if you want to sit and watch Netflix for a week, then that's absolutely fine. If you want to sit and 
drink a load of beers and eat a load of pizzas and all that, that's also absolutely fine. Um, mm. so I think it's it's important at this time because mate, no one no one's got the right head on at the moment. I think I think everyone's everyone's not necessarily gone a bit mental, but it, it, everyone's on kind of high alert, aren't they? You I know? think we're at the like the shell shell shock stage at the moment. Like I yeah. don't really think it's sunk in for me because I've been. They're kind of saying it's going to last for like six months. The idea of six months of this, well, I just don't really know how to think of that yeah. yet because it's only been two weeks. At the moment, the novelty is kind of still there and it's still kind of fun. The fact yeah. that I've just been waking up at like nine, ten o'clock every day and I've got nothing to get up and go and do. It's just like I can literally do whatever I want at the moment. <laughs> I've got enough money to buy me by at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, it's hard to really relate to what's going on at the moment in, in the rest of the world and like what's actually happening because at the moment it just feels like a public holiday really, doesn't it? Yeah, well, to the average well, person, I think it does. Yeah. Apart well, from the NHS. <laughs> a public holiday where you're, kind of, you're not allowed to go out and enjoy it with your mates and I think that's the kind of bit people are getting a bit jarred about, aren't they? Um, yeah. With dogs, so, like yourself. So, yeah. Well, going, going on to... Um, <laughs> On to you then. So tell tell us, tell me, tell I know you already, but tell um, everyone listening a little bit about yourself. So we met. I wrote. I worked this out the other day. We met nine years ago. Yeah, twenty eleven. We met. We met in twenty eleven when I was working out. Oh in no, Greece. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Was it twenty eleven or was it twenty ten when I first when I was out on holiday? That no, it was twenty ten because it was your first season in Bass. That was twenty eleven. I was on. I was on holiday. I oh, was it. Yeah. Was it my first season. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. First year at yeah. uni, 2011. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then you you, um, you came out on holiday and I met you and we, we hung out quite a lot. And then the following year, you came out and, and worked in Bass with us, didn't you, as a, as a windsurfing instructor as well? Yeah, got the call from Tom Brooman. <laughs> you were called up. Called up, <laughs> the you called up to the big leagues. Um, and you came out <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, I was just saying, we were saying just before we started this, I think the big difference... Um, for you compared to the rest of us that all went windsurfing and stuff. I mean, we touched, I touched on this in my, my podcast with our mate Aaron, who's a doctor. Um, you were pretty mm. much the only one that was at uni as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was, I think that, that was quite, it was quite funny because you, you'd always leave season like a few weeks earlier than us and then you'd always get there. Well, you used to come out at the same sort of time. I yeah. think I used to get, get there sort of like June. So you guys had already been out there for like a month or so for setup. Yeah. Yeah, but so you. But then a little bit, a little bit later. But then you always. Oh, oh no, because that was it. You were at uni when we were still living, all living in Egypt, and then you used to come out for a couple of weeks on holiday for your. your yeah, and I I hated it so much. I hated seeing pictures of all of you boys just like having the sickest time windsurfing while I was here. But I did have. I had a lot of fun at uni. Yeah, um, what did you? Where 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 did you go to uni? What did you study? So I was at Brighton doing geography. Right. Uh, and I mean, one of the one of the uh, weird reasons why I actually went was because it was the last year where it was only three thousand pounds a year to go. That was a really big motivation for me to go. If yeah. it had been the, the year after, I probably wouldn't have gone, and I'd have been there with you guys in Egypt, yeah, live, living it up. But I also I kind of wanted to do that the whole time, but I knew after uni I could, which I could do what I've what I have done and just. Just windsurf all year. Yeah, round. yeah. You kind of lived. You've lived yeah. that life with us all, or with us all up mm. until we've. A few of us have stopped since then, really, haven't? We? Yeah. But you've. Yeah, I mean, you. Mm. You kind of had. You kind of had your own kind of things going on the whole time, didn't you? Like you were always. You know, you're quite into your skateboarding as well, and you're quite into. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're quite into your music and your DJing and stuff as well. I mean, what's what's yeah. that like? I mean, I spoke to Aaron a little bit about it as well. What was that like going from? you know, being with all of us where it was just like windsurfing, windsurfing, windsurfing. Obviously, you know, we're out partying and stuff as well and, and trying, kind of living that life. But what was it like going from that kind of season life to then suddenly going straight into, straight back? It in- was always kind of, it was always kind of cool because like you'd kind of come back from the season like with a really good tan and yeah, like yeah. blonde hair. And people would be like, oh, what have you been up to this summer? And I'd be like, oh, I've been in Greece for three months. Yeah. <laughs> and it always felt quite cool coming back. And people, a lot, I used to get that question quite a lot. Like, how do you adjust like going from like, because season lives just kind of like getting pissed all the time, having, having loads of fun to like going back to uni and working. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like I adjusted pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I guess it's Yeah, all- I mean, it was, it was fine. Yeah, it's always your surroundings. It's a lot of fun. Surroundings in it. You usually you tend to adapt like pretty quickly. Even it's even funny like things like accents. Like I find whenever I come back up to Scotland, 
you know, suddenly I'm like, oh, eat boys, what are you saying? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's that like, happens to me. I'm, I'm a real chameleon. I change my, the way I talk so much. I come, I come out, when I go back home, I end up sounding like I'm from Cov, just such a, a weird accent. And then I come down south, and I, I think now I probably sound like a southerner because I sound, I'm hanging around with so many people who are from yeah, like, yeah. What's London. It's Co- 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 Coventry accent. It's a bit like Birmingham, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's... Uh, no, it's like almost like Nottingham accent. It's like a bit odd. Like, you want me? Like, it's... You want me? <laughs> I'm only really good at swearing in that accent. Yeah. Oh, well, you can you can do that yeah. on here. That's that's fine, mate. Fuck off. Fuck yeah. off. Um, but it's yeah, I mean, a, you, interesting accent. You you sort of finished. Oh, what are you drinking now, mate? I'm still. I'm still. Yeah, we're we're not we're not being very classy on the after hours lounge at the moment, guys. Times are times are hard. We are still drinking lagers. Um, I and everyone's going to laugh at me for this. I'm <laughs> drinking a Corona. Um, yeah, I apologise. I insert ironic beer meme here. Um, and Ollie, mm. as you just said to me, you bought the cheapest beer in the shop, which is a big old shameless can of Amstel. I've got to save money, you know. This, uh, this is a difficult times we're living in. Like I've, I've actually lost my job because of this. What? <laughs> I was quite well. Yeah, I was quite comfortably working in a bar. Yeah. So obviously, I'm, I'm still a student. I'm at uni, and I had a had a job in a bar. I was earning about hundred quid a week, and I was also DJing, earning hundred quid a week, and that's had about two hundred quid a week coming in. And now I've got nothing, and got, I don't have anything to claim yet. Yeah. Have you got student loans and all that sort of stuff though? I don't know. I didn't get that this time. Oh yeah, because so yeah, so tell us, you're you you've been out of uni since sort of four or five years ago, but now you're now you're kind of back in. Yeah. So essentially, the plan the plan was was to do. So I did my three years undergrad, and then I always kind of thought I would go back and do a masters at some point. But I was having quite a lot of fun windsurfing. Yeah. And the main goal the main goal with the windsurfing was to compete in the PWA. And yeah. then I did that, and then I was kind of well, I felt pretty fulfilled with windsurfing after I'd done that. So yeah. that was kind of the main aim. Although I did want to do one more year of competing, but obviously the flight got cancelled last year, which sucked so much. Yeah. Um, but I felt like once I'd done that, I kind of, and I'd also reached the age, you know, sort of like mid to later twenties, like maybe I should start to think about doing something a bit what? different with my life. Yeah, yeah, or maybe look, start looking towards a career. Yeah. And that's kind of led me into what, I want, what I'm doing now. So I started looking towards doing a master's. Office. I did my undergrad in geography. Um, and then, yeah, basically the things I found most in- interesting in that undergrad were all climate change related things. And right. then sort of in that five years that I was away from uni, climate change just sort of really started gaining pace and a lot, a lot more people started becoming interested in it a lot more people started accepting it as, as a real thing. And there was like the Paris Agreement in 2015, which happened a year after uni. Yeah. And then it, the global awareness really increased. And then it kind of sort of dipped. I'd say about two or three years before I came back to uni, it kind yeah. of dipped. And then it like, started to go back up. But now now I'm actually studying it. Like it's everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's, like, it's I'd like, say it was, it, was, it was the most in the news before the coronavirus happened. Yeah. Well, it's it was absolutely like, everywhere. Yeah, it's like one of those things though, isn't it? I think I've said it before. You know, it's like on, when you're playing Grand Theft Auto and, you, and you, steal, you steal a car and suddenly that car's everywhere on the road, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you get into, as soon as you get into a space, yeah. you know what I mean? As soon as you're surrounded by... A certain, ty- a certain type of information, like us in Greece, when we're yeah, by windsurfing, yeah. suddenly we're like just tunnel vision and it's windsurfing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's the same yeah. kind of thing. As soon as you're going in and out of uni and, and doing stuff about climate change, suddenly you're like, oh, fuck, the news is talking about it and this is talking about it, you yeah. know? Um, I mean, well, there was also the whole thing with like uh, Greta Thunberg. Yeah, of course. That was, that was huge. Like, yeah. But then, she's quite amazing what she's done, really. Yeah. Are you? Uh, would you say? Are you? You're. You're like. Are you? A, are you a fan of her? There's a lot. She's got a lot of haters, doesn't she? I mean, I mean, she's got a lot of haters because she's different. People. People have always been sort of persecuted for being a bit different. You know, she's very. She's very individual, very different for her age. Yeah. You think about what you were doing when. When she was like 12 years old, protesting outside of her school because she heard about climate change and animal cruelty and things like that. She hated it, so she yeah. just stopped going to school and protested about it. I mean, do you think about what, what were you doing when you were 12? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pissing around, not, think, not worrying about any of these world problems. So she's, she's a very 
she's a very interesting individual. She's very, so, and, and people always get hate because of that. But really what she's done is because she is essentially part of the generation that is going to suffer from climate change. And she's just voiced that. Yeah. And you can't really, you can't really um, criticise a young person because, I mean, she hasn't really, other than that with her life, she's got nothing else to be criticised for. She's just a well, young exactly, girl, yeah. so. she's not. She's not done anything <laughs> wrong yet. Yeah. So people are going to listen to her because she's a very young girl and she's yeah. got no reputation yet. So, and your, and, she's, your... and everything she's saying is right. Like the science is, is correct. Everything yeah, yeah. is correct. In your, yeah. in, in your, in your sort of professional circles then, because obviously, you know, imagine if, you know, we haven't officially said this, but you're doing, you're doing a climate change masters, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So a masters in climate change. So, I mean, do you have, are your peers and stuff or your lecturers or whatever, what, what do they say about her as well? Do they, are they quite supportive or do they kind of, oh, she's a, you know, she's a figure. Oh, everyone, everyone loves, everyone loves Greta. Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all, well, because she, she has essentially, just by being sort of different and really charismatic, she has brought the issue to like the front pages of the news. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually. Like it's all it's been a it's been a lot more in the news because of her essentially. She's yeah, well, uh, her and David Attenborough as well. David Attenborough has been amazing. I mean, David David's been at it for a long time though, hasn't he? And it, I think he does it he, he does has. it very differently. But he does it a lot more. Well, I think he does it a lot more for entertainment purposes. But I guess that's yeah, you know, because he's a lot more focused on actual animals and stuff. And then he from that he's come out of come out and said all this stuff about the climate and about you know. Um, how all the animals are going to be fucking gone in a few years. Losing their habitats. Yeah. Yeah. It's isn't it, mate? It's not good. Um, mm. And I mean, how does, you know, you hear a lot of this stuff about like climate anxiety and all this stuff. Like how, have you, have you noticed any of that? Do you, because you're so close to the subject, do you find yourself going like, fucking hell, there's not going to be a world left in 20 years? Or do you find, are you, do you kind of go the opposite way? Like how, how does that manifest in your brain? I mean, my my take on it is, I mean, I've I've quite a weird, like, rational sort of logical perspective on it, which I think most people probably wouldn't like to hear, but it's kind of the truth. And it's essentially the way it works is, like, if you think about the world, it's like an equilibrium. Everything has to be in balance. So currently, if you think of the human... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're humans. We're living on a planet. We're taking resources from it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can only take so much and we're now just taking so much to the point where the planet's going to essentially start fighting back because we're essentially like, we're a bit like a virus on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Consuming everything and just essentially damaging it, making it like we're, we're a huge strain on the planet at the moment. Yeah, so the planet sure. is basically fighting back. It's trying to reduce its numbers and you could actually look at the coronavirus as another example of how nature actually is trying to get rid of us mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's mess, it's a that's that's my really like probably it's quite a messed up way of thinking because these are people's lives mate it's, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a messed up way of thinking at all i mean i've i've seen, no. i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of that kind of like that sort of way of thinking online you know a lot of people going we're the mm. virus and you know this is this is mother nature giving us a fucking yeah. warning saying you need to stop burning the amazon you need to stop destroying you know melting the polar ice cap you need to stop doing all this because yeah um, um, it's uh, i think i think the doing this masters is kind of is i thought it would give me an even clearer perspective on everything i mean i've definitely learned so much from it but if anything it's made me just more uncertain about the future really because well, the way that we predict everything is through mathematical models. Right. So essentially the same, the same way that we predict the weather. And yeah, yeah. how, like, obviously we're windsurfers, we're obsessed with the wind. How often do you look at a wind forecast, you go to the beach, it's like, well, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is wrong. Because obviously those, those weather models, they have a degree of uncertainty. So like, that's just, we're pre- looking at wind predicted maybe a couple of days in advance. If you're yeah. looking at what we're predicting for like the next 50 years and the further you go into the future, the more uncertain it gets. Yes. Yeah. Quite difficult for them to predict. One thing that all of the models say is obviously on average, everything's going to get warmer. Does that mean that where you live is going to get warmer? No, it doesn't. There's going to be a massive amount of variability depending on where you live. Some places will get warmer, some places will get cooler. There's yeah. actually quite a big chance that the UK will get colder because essentially yeah, the read, Gulf Stream, I remember reading that. Which is... Yeah, well, the Gulf Stream, which is essentially what brings warm air from 
the Mexican Gulf yeah. could speed the path could change, could go further south. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, we'd lose our our warm input. But that's that's like extreme. That's very drastic. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that's really certain, which I think we can already see, is uh, an increase in precipitation. So that this winter has been the most grim, rainy winter I've ever seen. Yeah, it's just rained non-stop. Like we've had, we've had a lot of wind. Like it's been great as a windsurfer, but there's also been a mm. lot of days where it's been really windy, but just piercing down with rain as well. Yeah, it's but it's just been massive amounts of flooding all over the UK and yeah, that's true. It's just been and look at the extremes of weather in Australia as well. So in Australia, worst forest fires probably the world that the humans have ever seen. Yeah, followed by some of the heaviest rain in Australia that they've ever seen. Yeah, they yeah. literally it was like a month down the line they had like intense rain caused massive amounts of flooding. They literally went from one extreme to the other, like hottest period ever to rainiest period ever like it's it's mad yeah yeah no it's I, I australian mean, you know it's it's um it's a te- it's a terrifying prospect to think about really isn't it you know um mm. like and and what do you like you know i've said you you know and you've actually think thinking about it now like you have always been like really rational about everything haven't you but like what mm. would you what would you say to people that you know potentially aren't that rational and are or even are rational, but they're getting a bit freaked out by this kind of thing. You know, is there is there anything that they can do to help stop this? Other than the obvious, like, you know, don't don't buy a fucking Hummer instead yeah. of instead of a Prius. You know, but like, uh, th- yeah, this is this is like a lot of the the things that you have to think about. So some people will be like, I would get the obvious view. It's just like, I'm just one individual. Like, what difference can I can make? But actually. You know, there's 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 so many there's a lot of different levels where people can have influence. You can have influence at government level, you can have yeah. influence at business level, you can have influence at individual level, and then like all of those those are the three different levels essentially. But in it, as an individual level, you obviously impact the business level and the government level because you can join a pressure group, impact the government. But there's one way you could join Extinction Rebellion and go to that's that's one way you can influence the government. But yeah. and the way you influence business is you change your your consumer pattern so habits essentially yeah. for me yeah what what i do like f- things that are really simple like I, I do spend a bit more money on food because of it but i will do my best to buy food that i know is grown in the uk um just okay. because you reduce that transport uh transport emissions and things like that yeah. uh, i will very rarely I'll, i don't drive anywhere unless it's to go windsurfing i cycle <laughs> everywhere <laughs> I mean, even even driving to go windsurfing, I guess, is probably pointless. I could store my kit somewhere. But yeah, but you're not. At least there's, not, there's lots of things you can do. At least in, with windsurfing, you're not you're not affecting it going and doing that for a couple of hours, are you? I guess you know, and that's I think that's mm. part of the that's part of the attraction, certainly for myself. Windsurfing, you know, it's like yeah, compared to like you see these guys doing like backflips off waves on their jet skis and stuff, and I'm like yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't have the same vibe for me. I don't think. It's not natural, man. Yeah, exactly, man. You're not getting in touch with Mother Nature properly. It's just me, the wind, and the waves. <laughs> yeah, man. Flowing through my hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, and it, it, it is a funny thing. But I think, you know, like I certainly, you know, I, I find myself getting a bit nervous going, fuck, you know, when I'm in my 40s, 50, you know, 50s, something like that, and I've got kids and all this stuff, like, am I going to have to put my hazmat suit on to walk them to work and all this stuff, you know? It is, yeah. it's a very, like, you know, existential, like, fear that I think a lot of people have at the moment. Um, I think with climate change, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of different views. There's, like, you've got one end of the scale. Some, pe- some people are like, the world's going to win. Every single person is going to die because there's going to be flooding and disease and all this sort of stuff. You've got the other underwater. End of the yeah, you got the other end of the scale, which is essentially people like Donald Trump who want to keep the economy going. They want to keep economic growth. And in order to do that, they want to keep things very much business as usual, burning fossil fuels because it's cheap, a cheap cheap energy, and it's, it's already there. It's already available. Um, and they just think everything's going to be fine. Obviously, the way, the place to sit is in the middle. The world is not, the human race is not going to die out because of climate change. No. It will change massively. Yeah, uh, things will change. There'll be huge. There'll be huge amounts of migration. The way that people farm and get their food and their water will have to change 
because yeah. of climate change, essentially. These, it's a very gradual process. You know, it's not like it's not like in 10 years' time, everything is going to be completely different to what it is now. It's, it's a gradual process that's going to happen over the next 100 years. Yeah. But the, other, the other thing that's quite interesting about it, let's say we get to the end of this 100 years and we completely reduce our carbon emissions. Most people probably think that uh, the world's going to go back to normal really quickly. But actually, that carbon dioxide that has been created by humans is going to sit in the atmosphere for a long time because obviously the oceans do take up a lot of it and so does the land. But yeah. they, only can, they can only take up so much. And the amount that we're producing, the, the ocean, the, one of the biggest, the scariest things about climate change is actually ocean acidification. The more CO2 you have in the atmosphere, the more CO2 goes into the ocean yeah. and makes it acidic, which essentially... Uh, massively affects um, phytoplankton, and they phytoplankton, small little tiny creatures, yeah, yeah, yeah. photosynthesize. They're responsible for eighty percent of the oxygen in our planet. Oh shit! Yeah, so you know, there's these 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 huge influences that climate indirect influences of climate change that most people don't actually know about. Nah. So ocean acidification, and then like you, that causes like the bleaching of coral reefs, which is is massively affecting like the Barrier Reef in Australia. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've it's, seen, it's just a lot of it's just really sad. Like just the I things that you see that yeah. it's just very sad. You know, it's, I feel I feel lucky enough that you know when when we were living in Egypt and stuff, you managed to go snorkeling, and I, I got to see coral reefs, and I got to see all that stuff. Now, yeah, you know I mean, because it may be the case that if you know if and when we have kids when we're older and stuff they might not ever see it do you know what i mean yeah i think i think you're right yeah. i think that's that's more the case isn't it i think if once you actually put a bit of a head on and actually do a bit of research you do realize that you know humans are adaptable we will we will adapt to it it's not like everyone's gonna die back, off but it's more it's more just a shame more than anything else isn't it oh guys it's so sad yeah to think like i was i literally uh i watched um it's not even just climate change. It's just human behaviour, like things with wild animals, just like poaching and things like that. I watched the Tiger King on um, on Netflix. It's oh, really I've good. I recommend anyone to watch that. It's, it's great. It's yeah. proper like real life trailer park boys. I've like, seen the um, like I've seen the South Park would make a great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen the Lou through, but I've not watched Tiger King yet. Nah. So they've got all these tigers living in cages, and then at the end it gives this little stat which says. There are 20,000 tigers living in captivity in America. There are 2,000 left in the wild. What the fuck? <laughs> or maybe, four, maybe I think it was 4,000. Yeah. 4,000 tigers actually left living in the environment. And then I looked it up. At the start of the 20th century, there yeah. was something like 200,000 tigers. Insane. Yeah. Same with lions, same with elephants, all of these beautiful animals dying out because of us poaching them, destroying their habitat. Yeah, and yeah, it's 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 very sad. It's it's, it's sad to see. It's hard because there's there's that, but then you know I've seen like you know I, I listen to quite a lot of like Joe Rogan and stuff, and he's very like kind of pro hunting and all that. You know, he likes going hunting, but uh, really? only well, only to a certain level. Only if it if it helps and stuff. You know, he goes to Hawaii every year. They've got one of one of the islands on Hawaii is like overrun by deer, and he goes there and actually okay. there's like however many hundred deer to, to a person on the island. And like the wild mm. pigs all on Hawaii as well that tear the whole island apart and eat all the ecosystem. They go and hunt them. Um, mm. And he said something interesting about, apparently, do you remember Cecil the lion got, that got poached by that dentist in South Africa, the American dentist? Oh, I didn't know that. It was a few years ago and it was all over the news mm. and everyone was like calling for him to be put out into the wild and shot himself and all that. <laughs> And, and wow. he said he said something interesting. He, they were talking about how actually the lion population out where he was actually needs to be controlled. Otherwise, there's yeah. too many lions, and they you know because for every if you think you introduce wolves, they eat all this, and then you know it's all linked. I mean, you know you know this. I'm butchering this, but you know this a lot better. Yeah. But it, yeah, it was yeah. quite interesting to get that side of it. It kind of made me think. Oh fuck, actually. And he said actually the 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 economic situation out there suffered because suddenly a lot of the rangers all had to go out and just shoot all the lions at the same time. And then they couldn't make any money for the park. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but um, I could be completely butchered. If anyone listening... It's messed any- up, though, because... 
these people who that they take part of, they do the hunting or farming of whatever they do generally have an explanation as to why they do what they do yeah and gen- generally any human interference with wildlife is normally a disaster it's not supposed it's not, to yeah. be happening is it yeah. it's not supposed to be happening no. they'll justify it they'll justify it. they'll say oh there's too many lions yeah yeah exactly maybe maybe in like for one one farmer's struggling because there's too many lying eggs is cattle or something yeah that's not really a good reason <laughs> No, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know the specific case, but generally, interference with wild animals like lions and the all the other beautiful creatures of the world generally, it's not good. <laughs> well, as you know, as as you said, I think you know, and like they say in Jurassic Park, don't they? Like, you know, na- nature finds a way. And I think if yeah. suddenly, you know, if after a few years of having too many lions, I guess the deers would all start fucking shagging more, and then there'd be loads more deer for all the lions to eat. You know, it would. Nature would find a way, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Na- I mean, nature, nature will find a way through climate change. Where there's just going to be a lot of loss of certain species that just can't adapt to the rapid change, essentially. Yeah, and that's. I think that's going back to the point where I just think a lot of it's sad. It's really sad, just like the loss of of wildlife habitat and just the the lack of abundance of certain species compared to what it used to be in the last century. Yeah. And that's that's something that kind of needs to be accepted now because these are already like the Amazon I think has shrunk by seventy five percent. Yeah, no, thirty percent left of of what was the Amazon. Yeah, and and even like now they now they cut down trees and because the way they used to do it they, when they before there were satellites, um, it was it was very hard to track. They got satellites became a lot easier to track. So so now when they they cut down uh, forests for trees rather than just cutting down all of the trees. They cut down a few. So from the satellite, it still looks like there's trees there. So there might actually be more uh, forest missing because they're finding more crafty ways to cut down trees rather than just cutting like a whole area, just cutting down a few trees in that area. Yeah. And then that also, that that has a huge impact on climate change as well. And that's that's what one of the, one of the really interesting things that I found out from the course as well is that, uh, so reforestation is always put out as like a huge solution to the problem. But yeah. reforestation actually would, it has to be done really responsibly because if you just start planting certain kinds of trees in a place, it's not going to work necessarily with, with that ecosystem. And the other thing as well is plants, when they're, when they're small, when, when trees grow up to, to be like a fully grown tree, they actually respire more than they photosynthesize. So they actually release more CO2 than they take in right so for the first so for the first 30 to 40 years after you've done all this reforestation it'll actually have a negative impact yeah it's yeah so i mean that's that's why the deforestation is also like in my mind it's just it's just really sad like those trees are just gone like it's It's yeah can't just you can't just suddenly just put them back and then they're and they're there again you're gonna actually have to wait 30 years for it to even do anything fuck this is like in, in, this is information overload. All the Karen, all the Karens on Facebook are getting a bit of a a bit of an info info dump right now, aren't they? You know, <laughs> yeah. We're not going to have all yeah. this. I mean, you know what what what's that like? What's that like for you guys? Actually, you know, because you can almost call yourself a professional in this field. Is that is that quite frustrating? You know, seeing all this misinformation out there and things. Is that is that something that kind of bothers you guys quite a lot, or do you just kind of gloss over it and go whatever people are, people are always going to believe what they you know, what they read in the tabloids kind of thing? I think in terms of climate change, I think the uh, the misinformation has changed massively because essentially, scientifically now, it's I think it's 99% of scientists agree right. that it is a thing. That 1% is essentially there because you're always going to have a 1% yeah, yeah, of course. agrees with something. You're always going to have them there. And they're also funded by companies that actually have a motive behind climate change not being a thing most of the time yeah um but i think the misinformation about climate change doesn't exist as much as as it used to i think most people are pretty on board with it the the real the real question of of the whole issue is how do you how do you solve it because it's when that's why when people that's that's the question people always ask me like oh, how, what, what are we going to do about it and it's just like well to be honest it's not going to happen overnight because that like uh, the module I'm doing at the moment so I'm doing a module called uh, climate change and energy policy which is really interesting yeah it's essentially talking about how 
the world economy run, how the, how the currently works with energy policy. Um, and basically just how integrated fossil fuels and everything of that nature is integrated into the energy system and into society in general. Yeah. And how hard, once you've already integrated that, it actually is to change. It's actually a massive task. It's, well, it's, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be over the next 40 years and it's going to be a massive amount of work to get it there. Yeah. It's not, it can't, like, people who, who, who like, really advocate, like, um, decarbonizing uh, electricity and, and things like that, they don't actually realise that it just can't happen overnight. Actually, it's going to take a really long time. Yeah. And, and, and in that time, you know, the damage is still being done. But, I mean, one really interesting point I've found about it is how how hard I thought it was, but then you actually look at something like the coronavirus and how much it's actually changed everyone's behaviour and how simple it really is. Once you tell someone, you know, people are going to die because of this if you don't do something now. If, no, like, I've, I've not been out. I've been outside once today. Like, everyone in the world yeah. is doing the same thing. I've, like, just, I've just got in line and followed. Exactly, because it's a because it's a very short term thing. Climate change, just like us, oh, it's not going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah, I'll work. be dead. It's all right. I'll be. Yeah. Dead. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's very it's it's amazing, and that's what I really hope will come from it. Yeah, well, it just needs to become. Uh-huh. A, I guess I guess people need to view it as a more immediate threat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, essentially, yeah. That's but that's what it is, isn't it? It's, if so, but that's the way business works. Every single business works on a five-year plan. If you think about, you know, corp- businesses are generally probably the biggest, uh, they're, they're the biggest offenders when it comes to causing climate change. Yeah, and they all have five-year plans. You know, climate change is going to happen over the next hundred years. Mm. They're not thinking about that in five years. No, no, no. They're like, they, they're all their plans possible in five years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then you look at those businesses and you say, like, well, climate change is going to cause you to lose this much money in 20 years. They're like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's 20 years' time. Yeah. Coronavirus is going to cause you to lose this much money Tomorrow. in the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And all of these, this amount of people might die from it. And they'll say, okay, we'll do it straight away. It's just too yeah. long term. It's just the way the human mind thinks. Well, you've, you've, uh, how, yeah. Yeah. you've, you've, gone, on, <laughs> you've gone on to it there. So, I mean, what, um, Again, you know, obviously, everyone listening to this now knows you are you are quite clearly the fucking. I've never never heard you talk so eloquently or intelligently about something in my <laughs> life, mate. Having known you for years, this is, this is awesome. Um, so, I mean, what what are your thoughts on on coronavirus and and all that sort of stuff? You know, coming from from your sort of space, like what are what are the chats in in your in uni and stuff like that? What are, well, obviously, you're not going to uni at the moment, but I guess you guys are still talking about it because no one's talking yeah. about anything else. Um, what what are you guys kind of saying about it, and what's your what's your opinion on all the kind of radar pictures of? Look, the 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 birds are coming out again, and the fish are swimming. Yeah, how's the Venice, and you know all this. What what tell tell me what's really going on, mate? I just for me, I just think coronavirus is just like a spanner in the works. You know, the climate change is like the long game. It's like yeah. a really long. It's a, it's a long game, and then all of a sudden, someone's just we've been dealt a hand of cards and we've lost essentially. Yeah. And so it's like, it's really just changed. I think it's just, it's a massive change of perspective of everything. Uh, I'm generally talking about it with, with all of uh, my peers. So, um, I mean, a few people have had the perspective of like when it, when it first sort of started and people started comparing it to like Spanish flu and yeah, yeah. even like the bubonic plague and how it like, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like an it's an invisible thing, virus. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's you not. You don't know where it is. It's not like it a, has no face. Like, yeah, it's not like climate change. It's not like having a visible impact apart from obviously like killing people. It's just, of it's, just, it's a very in, it's it's just an interesting like invisible thing that just has a global impact. Like every single person in the world is currently feeling the effects of of this, aren't they? Yeah, it's like you, you can't. At no point can you complain because everyone else is going through the same shit. Well, it's, that's the thing. I mean, I said it. I said it on my last podcast, and I said, you know, I put this out like, you know, I well, you know, you you know, I, I went self-employed kind of six months ago, and everything was going really, really, really well. 
Um, yeah. This has kind of stopped me in my tracks a little bit. And I've got yeah. other, I'm, I'm still okay, but I've got other friends who are also self-employed who are really, really feeling the sting of it. And then I've got people, yeah. friends, who, friends and family who have lost their jobs and stuff. And then friends that have just been stopped. And a big thing I kind of said was like, don't view it as you have failed because you haven't failed. Mm. The whole of society has just hit a pause button. And what that pause yeah. button, that pause button isn't going to be unpaused probably for the next two months at least. I think it's more looking like six months is what they're saying. I mean, they're saying that as like the, they're saying that as like the maximum, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I, think I feel they said, like they said, hopefully after a couple of months, we'll be able to kind of, you know, go outside and start maybe seeing each other again. And then six months by the time we're back to whatever, whatever the new normal is going to be. Yeah. The only thing I th- really think about is a lot of this is based on what's happening in China. And then again, we don't really know what's happening in China. Well, and we also don't live life at all. Like, well, as far as I know, we don't live life the way they do in China. You know, I don't, I don't go down yeah. the park and buy myself a pangolin pasty on the way to work. No. Yeah. Um, but what I mean is more, more like how um, a lot of the science and a lot of the predictions for the next few months is based on what's happening in China. You know, the, according to their figures, they've reduced the numbers of people getting new infections to zero. The only new infections they claim that they that they've had of people actually coming into China who've got the virus. And for me, it just seems quite unrealistic that that is the case. And even, even Donald Trump, like he's, he's even said like, no one really knows what's going on in China. Like yeah. to, for them to suddenly, have, like if you look at how this virus is spreading in the, like in the U S they've got like 200,000 cases. Oh mate, that's gone. That's, that's gone up. In the last two weeks, <laughs> so much is is scary. It's really scary how much has gone up there. Yeah, how have they stopped that in China? There's so many more people in China yeah. than there is in the US. I don't, I don't believe the numbers personally. I don't believe they could have stopped it. Like uh, I mean, I've I just, not, I just can't believe on. it. I've not got a handle on. Um, I, I don't really know much about China's healthcare system or anything, but I know America's healthcare system's you know pretty bad. Um, it's funny like there's not really, yeah. much, there's not really that much reporting on on. Um, you know, kind of what's happening abroad, really. I'm kind of only really paying attention to what's happening in the UK, other than yeah. being all the stuff of like, you know, like, like, like I said earlier, like what, what, you know, do you think, well, I mean, it, do you think all this stuff that is obviously helping the environment, do you think that's going to last? Or do you think the minute we turn the power back on, it's all just going to go back to shit? The, the thing you've got to remember about this is it's like, it can go two ways. It could, it could go in, in it's, it's going to go two ways, depending on like, whoever runs the business has been affected by it. But you've, yeah. got, you've got to think about the fact that the economy has basically been shut down. Yeah, shut the down. Economy, the, <laughs> the economy is the Earth's, like the, the human race's heart is what keeps everything going, isn't it? Yeah. It's currently under massive strain. It's struggling. To, it's, it, like, this is unsustainable. If this disease kept carried on, like slowing down the economy for the next two years, like it'd be, it'd be an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um, and basically, it could go to one of two ways. Like after the after this economic downturn, which we're essentially having influenced by this virus, you could have you could have people saying, "Oh, well, we need to start producing as much as possible. We need to get the economy back to where it was." And they're probably going to start looking at easy energy and things like that, which is going to be fossil fuels. So the, it might it might have like a rebound effect. Like you might end up. Obviously, we've got like a huge slope in terms of global emissions and everything but after this you might get like a massive increase above what was originally normal because they're trying to get things going again yeah you might that's one way of looking at you and then the other way of looking at it they might think think they might they might they might look at it and think well we've managed to slow it down this much just from from this happening maybe we can actually keep it a bit lower than it was originally it depends on like the perspective of people like if you look at somewhere like the u.s like, the reason why Donald Trump has been pretty blasé about the whole thing is because he's probably terrified about the impact it's going to have on the U.S. economy. And that's that's the thing that makes the U.S. the biggest power in the world. It's their economy. So currently, oh, he's they're massively under threat. They're hugely yeah. under threat. They're probably terrified. Yeah. If you look, if you, if you actually see Donald Trump's, like, face, every single uh, <laughs> daily meeting he's done, it just gets more and more scared like he's he's literally like you can tell he's just the, the actual reality of it's dawning on him more and more every day yeah that they say i think the uk has reacted to it very differently i think 
I think the UK was very blase about it up to a point, and then I think that like the government just clearly noticed like, okay, we need to do it like straight away. And they're, they're, I think the UK government's been maybe a little bit late, but generally pretty good about it. Mate, yeah, I mean, I, I'll hold my hands up. You know, like I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan or anything, but I do, I do think, I do think Boris done a good job. I think they're doing, I think they're doing what they need to be done. Um, he's, he's he's done everything he's been told by his health team. Yeah, well, considering. Uh, so, and he's doing, yeah. he's doing it from his bed as well, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? He's, he's, yeah. That's the other thing that I just find so mental about this virus is how different the cases are. So, like, Prince, yeah. uh, Prince Charles got it. He's old. He's really old. He's in his 70s, I'm guessing. He's fine, man. He's fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah. My, my mum had it. My mum's definitely... She hasn't been tested, but she's had all the symptoms. And it actually quite kind of knocked her to six a bit. She still hasn't got a sense of smell back. She's had it for about three weeks. But she said it was pretty pretty savage, like quite bad fever. But yeah. I don't know. My mum's pretty positive about everything. Yeah, But, yeah, you know, yeah. there's there's been people who are mine and your age who, who have got it. Completely healthy. And it's completely not them for six, you know. It's it's very weird. It's a real luck of the draw. And obviously, yeah. my dad is my dad's living with my mum, so he definitely will have got it. Yeah. And he's had no symptoms whatsoever. Mad, isn't it? It doesn't. He's it doesn't 60, be, 63. I think that's another thing that that kind of made me think that hopefully after this, the world will be rethought a bit, and we'll try and all be a little bit better because this virus doesn't care how rich you are. How many houses you've got? Yeah. How many you've got in the bank? Like fucking Boris Johnson's got it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so you'd you'd hope that, um, yeah. that that you know people are going to think after this. God, you know that was a bit of a scare, wasn't it? Maybe we should look after ourselves and look after the planet a little bit more, and you know just try and be be a little bit nicer to each other. Do you know what I mean? Because we're all we're not we're not as strong as we all think we are. No. You know. And it definitely um, makes everyone feel a bit more equal, doesn't it? I, I think so, mate. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, and it, put everyone a bit more on the same level, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, at the moment, you know, obviously there are, you know, there are people that have lost a job, all this stuff, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Not that I feel, I'd, in my opinion, never has mattered, but for a lot of people it has. And it doesn't matter how much money you've got in your bank anymore. And it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, be a good, no. be a good person, and look after each other. You know. Well, yeah. Realistically, what most people are doing at the moment, they're <coughs> they're living, they're living only and, and spending as much time with the people that they're living with, which is going to be friends and family, isn't it? You know, there's there's probably probably some like this is what I mean. It makes everyone a bit more equal. There's probably someone sitting in their amazing house in in Hollywood by themselves. He's got yeah. loads of money. He's miserable, absolutely yeah. miserable. They've got no one to hang out with. They can't go and see their friends. They've got no friends that can come around because it's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really puts things into perspective, I guess. You like, could be probably, yeah. You could be sitting... Shows who's really rich in this life, doesn't it? Absolutely, mate. I think it's, I think it's really important. And, like, it's something that I've kind of realised recently. And, you know, I'll say, I'll say on the podcast, and quite a few people might, might kind of disagree with me. I actually spoke to you about this because I think we were talking anyway, and I was like, I'm just going to run it by you. But I, um, I, I drove to Scotland on... On Sunday night, um, I made the choice to to drive up kind of late afternoon. So I drove through the night pretty much um, and drove up. And I was when I realised that this was probably going to be something that we're going to be in for, you know, potentially a couple of months. Um, my mum's just been made redundant and she's, you know, physically disabled and she lives by herself. So I was like, mm. you know, I work from home anyway, so it doesn't matter where I am. So I was like, yeah. well, I think, I think I'm just going to go up. And and I think it's, it's well, it certainly helped me. The minute I got here, I woke up the next morning and I was like, oh, this this is where I want to be. And you know I'm mm. I'm on like day four or five of being here now, and I haven't left the house. So I'm like I'm mm. waiting for a few days. Like I really wanted to go to the shop today and get some crispy M and M's, but I didn't. I was like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, like, <laughs> I'm just gonna. Like, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. It's great. Well, I know, but I, you know, I just I don't I don't want I just want to make sure that I don't have any symptoms or anything. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, Nairn, the town my mum lives in up here, is a sprawling metropolis compared to East Wittering, where yeah, I'm, you've. You know, you probably transport it up from the south, mate. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really carry her. I haven't, left my, <laughs> I haven't left my house, let alone the village, for about two, two or three weeks before. Anyway, I never go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah I mean that was that was what I found really funny. Though. You know how they had all the advice about like, oh, if you want to do one really good thing for your mum for Mother's Day, don't go and see her. 
because you might infect her with it. But it's the other way around. It was the other way around for me. I was like, shit, I probably shouldn't go home. My mum's clearly, clearly got it. <laughs> and I completely ignored the whole thing and went, right, I'm going to see my mum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely a lot of rule breaking going on at the moment. Oh, mate, to be honest, at the end of the day, like, my mum's my mum isn't isn't a risk um at risk at all. Like she's got no. nothing wrong internally, she's just got a bad back. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. she's got a bad back. She, you know, you know, she can she's absolutely fine. So there, there wasn't really a worry about that. Um, but I just figured it's I figured I'd be more of a and from a from a mental a mental point of view as well, as you just said, like you would not want to be alone at the moment in your house, would you? No. Yeah. And you're, you'd always, it'd always be nice to be with your mum as well, you know. After, after all, us young lads, our mum is the uh, the saving grace behind all of us. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, I came, I came out, to, <laughs> I came out to see you all in September for a boys' holiday, and I brought my mum with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, me and you are very lucky. We've got a very good, good mums. Yeah, exactly. Mate. Legendary mums. Legendary mums. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. So I mean, you know, what what are you how what, what how are you feeling about being being stuck at home? Like again, you know, you've always been a really rational dude and stuff, but has your have you noticed I mean you you've never really had any issues with your mental health at all, have you? Or if you have, I certainly don't know about it. I mean, I'd I'd say I'd say I'm pretty normal in terms of like, you know, everyone everyone I think when people say, Oh, I'm always in a good mood, I don't trust you. Yeah, <laughs> I think everyone everyone gets a bit down every now and then. I think it's a very normal part of life. Um, well, I, I'd say, I'd say personally, this whole thing hasn't really sparked. Uh, it hasn't really, but like I said, it's still kind of like a novel part of it. Like I don't really, but yeah. I, I I quite like the product at the moment. It's made me quite productive. Yeah, me too. So I've got I've got uni work on. Um, I've been cracking on with that, and you know, you know, me and me and Jamie, we like we like a bit of music so I've been getting into some music production putting right. some time into that it just it really depends I think this time will be it will obviously your mental health will depend on what you make of it like for me I'm really looking sure. at it as a time to it's it's like a it's kind of reflective period to think about what you've been doing with your life it's a lot of time to think about what you can do with your life yeah you know you can you can even I mean I've been doing little workouts, going for walks, things that I can do indoors, like, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, I've been working Anything out. Anything I haven't, yeah. <laughs> I've been getting, yeah. Just, you, I just need yeah. to use, like, I need to use some sort of energy. Um, yeah, it's, it's I think that's, be done. you know, you've got to keep yourself occupied. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's one of the most important things. I think to try and, like, I, I try and not go into my own head too much. I, I try and occupy myself if I can. And like, that's like what you said, like little projects, like, you know, you, you and, you and Jamie are always like working on like music tracks and all this stuff. I think that's, yeah. that's a great thing that you boys have always had. Like you can just put all your mind into that for hours, yeah. you know, because we yeah. can't, you know, at the moment our, our releases are pretty much the same thing, aren't they? We like going out and doing stuff outside. We like going windsurfing or surfing or yeah. go skating a lot, you know, all this stuff. And at the moment we can't really do those things. Yeah, but then outside of that, you think of the other things that we that me and me and you specifically like doing as well. You know, like making making videos. We like we we got a lot of kicks out of making windsurfing videos. You yeah, know, exactly. had straight had a, straight out of Cape Town. Um, what was it? Uh, the the vast holes. The vast the vast holes videos. Yeah, exactly. You know, we we love making that shit, and that's the sort of thing you can do now. That's the sort yeah. of same reward that you get from making music. You know, you, you like. Maybe that's another thing you could do, like you, you like a bit of filming and doing stuff like that. Well, Maybe there's you that you know, video like, about your hometown. Well, it's even it's even you know funny stuff like that. Like I think what I'm going to do because I've got a GoPro recently, so I'm going to start I'm going to start filming one second of every day while we're while we're stuck here, and nice. I want to put, put a video together at the end of like one second of each day of being like stuck because as as we yeah. said, like, we are literally living through history right now. Like we don't know, yeah. we do not know when this is going to happen again. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, kind of, kind of. Hopefully, hopefully it won't. Because whilst it, you know, I, I think you're right. We are in like the honeymoon phase at the moment, aren't we? You know. Yeah. Like at the moment, it's like, oh, cool. You know, like, you know, I, I got the Xbox out the other day, and I'm like, yeah, I can, you know, I buy a couple of games that I've wanted to play for the last few months and stuff, but I just haven't really had the time because I've been building my business. But now everyone's doors are closed, so I'm like, right, well, once I finish my work, I'm, I don't have to put as much time in and maybe some people might say well you're lazy and you should be putting all your time into work at the moment I'm like well everyone's door I knock on to be like excuse me do you do you need some help with this they're like well 
I mean, I don't actually go and knock on people's doors, but you know, like everyone you email and stuff are like, well, no, we're not hiring at the moment. We're not doing anything at the moment. And of course they're not doing anything. The whole world's closed. <laughs> it's mad. You know this, this is a, this is quite an interesting thing. Like, so yeah, like honeymoon phase at the moment, but think about this, like midway through the summer, there's a few people out in Vass who live there, like Rachel and Lee. Like, yeah. At some point, because I, I can't imagine, I can't at the moment see Club Vass opening this summer, which is really, it's quite a sad thing to think of. Think yeah. of, think of this, like full power, cross your day, beautiful sun oh, shining, man. no beach bar, just an empty bay. Like it's the idea of that just actually baffles my mind. Like imagine that just a like full power cross your day. Yeah, no one there. No trick zone. No one coming in hot. Just, just it's just there happening, but no one there to enjoy it. Sort of the, the fish. The fish are just loving it, mate. The dolph- dolphins will be there. The swans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that the, I don't think it will really hit home until that happens. Probably. I think you're yeah, right. Like, I think when it gets to May, June, and suddenly you know all of our friends that would be going out to Vass potentially aren't going out to Vass, and that's. Man, yeah. that's, that's got to be really hard, like on, not just for like economically, but on all those guys who've been looking forward to going out on season and all this. Imagine if that happened when we were doing seasons, to have that suddenly just, no, nah, mate, you're not going anymore. It's actually like, it's almost like a, because this is the first season where I was potentially... Well, you've not gone, yeah. Go I know, and it's been, it could be cancelled. Like, you know, this is, this is the, you know, I, I my last season was 2017, so it's been a couple of years for me. But like, I remember, you know, this time of year, you're like, you're gearing up for it and you know it's coming. Yeah. And you also... Oh, it's been so long, hasn't it? You know that you've got a job for the summer as well. You've got a job, mm. you've got accommodation, you're ready to go. And then for, for this all to happen and it to be... I mean, I, we're, we're completely on the outside now, so I, I, I've not spoken to you. I don't know if it is happening, but man, being a season air at the moment must be really, really frustrating. Just being like, what? Mm. You're, in, you're in such a state of limbo. Yeah, you've all been in, you've all been turfed out of your winter seasons as well. <clears throat> yeah, it must be I'm a bit worried be... about my internet connection. Sorry, that's all right. I can still hear you. Just oh, okay. I just I, you kept skipping around. I wasn't sure if maybe. Oh no, it's all good. I'm all good. No, I can hear you perfectly, mate. Um, yeah, that's yeah, all good. I think it's I think it's a it's a really frustrating time to be a to be a seasonaire. And I yeah respect, respect to all of the seasonaires out there. And if any of you. If any of you fancy a chat, I'd love to chat to you and see what see what people are planning and stuff. It'd be interesting to see how... the Binman on here. You haven't had the Binman on yet, have you? No, I haven't. I spoke to him. This is our mate Sam, who I've, I've spoken about quite a lot. Um, I spoke to Sam the other day. He's in, he's in Australia. He, he called it... He made the COVID run, made the Kessel run. <laughs> Han Solo, mate. Yeah, he, he flew... He got like four flights back from Switzerland a couple of weeks ago and was just like, I'm getting out of here. Um, so he's back. He's back with his parents in Australia now, and I think he's he doesn't know anything either. Though I think that's the thing. I think what's killing people at the moment is just like the uncertainty. Yeah. At least yeah. if you at least if you had an answer. At least if they were like, right, there's going to be no summer season this year. You know, there's going to be no like the the windsurfing the world tour as well. There's going to be no PWA this year. No, but instead, people are sitting there going, oh, we might we might be all right for the events after July. We might. It's just it's such a hard thing to call. Yeah, yeah, mate. Uh, oh, I wouldn't want to be doing it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it works. <laughs> I mean, how many? I wonder if a lot of people have paid for their club vast holidays and don't know what's going to happen yet. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I mean, it'd be you know, it'd be interesting to see. You know, those of us that have you know, we've been to club. You know, we've worked at club vast for years. You know, mo- most of the clients and stuff. You'd think they'd probably just carry carry the booking over. You know, um, so hopefully these these kind of holiday companies are probably going to be all right because majority of their clients will probably be like, ah, just carry, carry it over. But there will be those, yeah. clients, there will be those customers that will be like, we need, we need the money. We need a refund, you know? Yeah. I just met, the, the other thing that you've got to start to think about is obviously this is, is probably going to, it might last through summer, maybe even all of summer, like worst case scenario. But just imagine what it's going to be like when it does end. Like it's going to be a, quite an amazing thing, isn't it? Man, another historical event is when it's all over. It's gonna be, it's gonna be like, it's gonna be like the fucking party when the Death Star gets blown up in Star Wars. And my internet sucks. I can hear you, mate. I can hear you. It's all good. It's gonna be, yeah. I, I, I'm struggling to hear you. Is the problem? Can you hear me now? Wait. Let me. Uh... Oh, you've frozen a bit there. 
Is that back? Yes, you're back. You're back. You froze there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to connect to a different internet that's close. That's all right. It's all good. Hashtag, all good. hashtag COVID, COVID problems. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, I think, I think when, um, when this is all over, mate, I think it's going to be a, a party of epic proportions. It's going to be, yeah, like when the Death Star gets blown up in Star Wars, mate, we're all going to be having fucking <laughs> And then you've got to think about like what we just said as well. Maybe if a season at Vast is cancelled, imagine the one after. Mate, literally. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be the return. Might have to just, I might have to just drop what I'm doing and just do another one. Drop a <laughs> one in. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got a master's in climate change, but who wants to learn how to carve jive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be like that. Be like that lesson yeah. he gave on the lawn that time. Remember that duck jive? Oh my god! This, wow. is, this is probably the one of the worst hangovers of my entire life. And me and you were standing in about forty degree heat, standing up, trying to talk to fifteen, twenty customers who have paid an awful lot of money to be there, and we were dying. We like, played hangover ping pong, basically. I remember. So basically, I would, I would, I would hold the speech until I had started to lose my words because I was just the hangover kicking in while you stood there talking, talking about duck jibe techniques in front of a bunch of people. And then, as soon as my, I'd start to lose my words, you'd be there to save me. Then, as soon as you, <laughs> you'd start yeah. to lose it, I'd and be it there to just, save you. We just had a, we just had a pint, a pint of fizzy water, like freezing cold fizzy water that was just going between. <laughs> oh, I'm just be like, Ollie, oh. Ollie, give me a sip of that. Give me a sip of that. Help. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's you know, it's amazing how many, how many of those lessons probably did did go down like that. To be honest. Yeah, but they they're always gold because that's the state that you're in. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, you know... They're, you know, they're so out of routine. You know, that's when all the, all the golden nuggets come out. It's when you're in that state and your brain's a little bit bit foggy. You come up with some gems. Mate, I've, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I think it's absolutely amazing. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, mate, nice. I think we'll... Um, well, I mean, we'll probably probably finish it up finish it up there. I mean, you've... you've dished yeah, yeah. How long, how long have we been chatting for? We've been chatting a while, haven't we? Well, sure, I have to check. But I'd say, you know, probably a, a reasonable, a reasonable, a respectable amount of time. Um, but I think yeah. you know, that's a lot of information now. I mean, you know, as I said, I've, I've never heard you... Even when you've talked about duck jibes or shackers, I've never heard you talk so eloquently before about a subject, mate. It's been... Uh, well... It's been nice to, nice to listen to... Um, nice, <laughs> nice to listen to you talk. Passion. Yeah, it's passion, passion, mm. passion, and yeah, elegant, mate. It's been really, 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 really cool to get your get your insight Thank on you. there. Um, I mean, it's been you know, a pleasure. Uh, little, you know, little little touches on mental health there, guys. But I think you know, at the moment, there's there's such a massive amount going on, um, and I thought it'd be really interesting to get Ollie's Ollie's take on it, especially in regards to um, to kind of the climate change thing as well. And I think you know, there is a lot of misinformation out there about these kind of subjects, so it's nice to kind of get it from the horse's mouth a little bit. Um, and get some actual mm. real information out there. Um, my, you know, mm. my plans for this, Ollie was a bit of a dry run for this, of seeing how it goes um, remotely recording. Um, and it seems to have gone pretty well. I mean, I haven't listened to it back and uploaded it yet, but we'll see. Um, but recording, it seems to have gone, gone very well. I've enjoyed drinking my beers and chatting shit. Um, so hopefully I will be trying to put out some more content. As I said, um, you know, we've not got much else to do. Um, so I will be trying to record at least a couple of these a week. Um, you know, with various other people, not just with Ollie, but we'll maybe do another one with Ollie. Um, and then we'll. And then I'd like to do a big group one. I think we should do a group one. A group one would be funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with with, with uh, all of the crew. Yeah, a group one. A group one. A group one would be funny, but I feel like it would be funnier if we if it was in person. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Maybe after this is all over. Yeah, we once we're once up. we're all once we're all free on the reunion the reunion tour in Vass, we can do it. We can plan it though. We can plan like some actual questions, some anecdotes. Oh mate, bits. I think yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a Q and A of the club vassal. Yeah. yeah, I think it'd be really great. Um, so yeah, mm. Ollie. I mean, we'll finish. We'll finish it off with a couple of questions. I always like to ask everyone. Um, where's your Where's your kind of favorite your favorite place? Your happy place? Like if you could click your fingers right now. No, obviously no coronavirus. If you could be anywhere right now, where would you be? Oh, right now I'd be in Cornwall. You'd be in Cornwall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Constantine Bay in Cornwall. Is that where your parents Absolutely. have a plane? It's very close to, to there, yeah. But it's, right. it's, 
just one of the, I think in in my opinion it's maybe the most beautiful beach in the UK. It's no way. Amazing place. Yeah. Epic. I love it. Yeah, it's it, great waves. You can see the sunset from there. It's, it's very nice. Nice. Happy place for sure. Yeah. Place. Um favorite movie, you know me. Um I love my movies. Um yeah, what you if you could if you're going to go and watch something right now, you know, you're feeling a bit down about about coronavirus, you're feeling a bit fed up. You got you got some time on your hands. What are you gonna watch? <laughs> I love American Beauty. It's one of my favorite films. American Beauty. I'd say it is my favorite. I'd say it is my favorite film. I love that film. It's amazing. Mate, I did not know that. You've not seen it. If you've not seen it, watch it. Yeah. Watch it. You're listening up there. Kevin Spacey. Oh, shouldn't be watching. Yeah, that's the only thing. I am a fan of his, but it's a bit like, oh. Yeah, it's a bit hard. It's so. It's so different. Yeah. It's so. It's a bit heartbreaking. Yeah, mate. You know, like for me when I was younger, like I loved listening to Lost Profits, and now that is just like the biggest. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, it sucks, doesn't it? Oh, mate, I just feel really bad. Damn these sex offenders! Yeah. <laughs> really big bad sex offenders. It's it's not. It's, yeah. What is it? Um, and uh, favorite lager. Uh, favorite favorite drink. What's your favorite drink? I obviously mm-hmm. assume it's not a five hundred ml can of Amstel. <laughs> no. Uh, to be honest, at the moment, loving a Guinness. Are you loving a Guinness? Got, oh, got back into it. It's hey. just always, it's always good. Last time I went windsurfing with with everyone down down in West Wirren a few weeks ago, everyone we went mm. to the pub after for a pint, and everyone was having a pint of Guinness. I just, I, I don't like it, mate. I don't like it. Was it March the seventeenth, by chance? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Patrick's Day was recently. Maybe, oh, but no. I don't know. I always think with Guinness, it's the thing that I always dip in and out of, and I'm never really sure if it's like maybe they have a good brew every now and then, like they have a good yeah. yield, like a yield of crops or something, and it just makes it taste extra good. Yeah, I don't know, but it definitely sometimes I get into it and I just don't want to drink anything else. Just love it. Yeah, nice mate. Love nice. a Guinness. Awesome. Mm. Well, I look forward to um to to seeing you in person, mate, when this is all over. Yeah. Yeah. And we can do this. Well, uh, but yeah, guys, as I said, um, hopefully going to be doing a lot more podcasts coming up um, and we will leave, leave it, leave it there. So it's goodbye from uh, Windy Norp. Goodbye, Windy Norp, Ollie Townsend. Thank you. Au revoir. Much. Stay safe. Stay at home. Stay safe. Stay at home. Yeah. And it is a uh, good, good night for me, guys. Um, I will uh, see you for the next one. Good night.